Previously on the USS Prioritas. They're attempting to flank our left side. Looks like they're breaking to the right, too. Interesting. For a species that appears to be savage, they're employing advanced tactics. They're pushing too hard right now. These little guys are smart. They are indeed, Doctor. Pentad Metricon, status. Hitting out now, Commander. <clears throat> hold your position. Received. We will hold as long as possible. Please expedite. Pentad out. Wait. What is it? The enemy is moving off. We're being eliminated. Lieutenant Cobb? I seriously doubt it. Ben! Ben, how? I mean, what? How? Commander Metricon and I just had that same conversation, Doc. But they were flanking us. The three of us couldn't hold them off. How in the heck were you able to infiltrate the base? No time, Doctor. Our transporters are being jammed. We'll have to hoof it double time. Where, Commander? A fortress to the west. We stay off the roads, enter through the forests. And now the continuation. Security Chief's personal log supplemental. We're double timing westward, eight clicks through moderate forestry towards a fortress suspected of holding the Pride crew. Our intel was obtained following the infiltration and intense combat with a small statured warrior group. The team performed admirably, and the difficulty of obtaining the intel makes it all the more reliable. There have been questions from Jace, Cookie and Finn regarding the battle and the part I played, and I have considered briefly telling them what I'd done, but I decided against it. What good would it do to tell them that I snuck past four exterior guards, leaving them... incapacitated? What would be gained by telling them I entered the Winnegland air circulation system, the small Winnegland air circulation system, and dropped out in the middle of a dozen well-armed guards, all of which also I incapacitated? Following data retrieval, my exit was more dramatic than my entrance, Headshot, knee grab, snap, jump, roll, duck, headshot, headshot, and it continued for a long while. It isn't extraordinary, it's my job. It's no more impressive than Commander Pentad's scientific analytical skills or Dr. Cake's life-saving prowess. Instead, I told them I did my job, and so long as we do that, we will succeed. I'm not afraid. We will succeed. So other than the aerial patrols, you're saying this would be a walk on Ryza? Let's not get carried away, Doctor. I'm saying it won't be Winnegland. After Winnegland, anything is a walk on Ryza. Enough chatter. Commander Pentad, you and Mr. Cobb will take down any aerials as silently and inconspicuously as possible. Doctor, you and I will enter the complex. We will be right behind you. Good, but we won't wait. This has to be quick. The energy source is located on floor two. We knock that out, get the prisoners and get out of here. Understood? Good. Let's go, Doctor. Wish us luck. Good luck. Wait! For what? Aerial guard. What the dump? That thing is hideous. Jace did his job. Now we're up. Once we're inside, be prepared for anything. Let's go. Are you okay? Can you move? I think so. Nope. Me neither. We must have been knocked unconscious and brought here. It must have been a trap. You should never have come. How dare you invade my home? 
disturb my slumber? Disable the restraints and we will talk. Not before. Who are you to make demands? You are no one. You are weakness. Nothing. Nothing. You will leave. Wait. Adem Tuzak? Captain Adem Tuzak? We're here to rescue you, sir. Is that him? I am not in need of rescue, fool. I am not in need of rescue. Jace! Finn! Shoot the power source. On it! No! <laughs> Cobb! Firing. Look! Aiden was the energy source. Jace, you're with me on Tuzak. Doctor, are you okay to check on Finn? Already on it. Done. Communication to finish. Here. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Admirals! You're listening to episode 223 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast. Recorded live on Thursday, May 21st, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, May 25th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Jace. I'm Kenna. And I'm Cam. So, Cam, tell us what we have this week. This week, check out the various ways the Enterprise seems to be being rebuilt... In Stone News, the feature episode may have been delayed, but get a glimpse at the traits from the Iconian reputation system, patch notes, and a new ship. Of course, as always, before we wrap things up, we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of hailing frequencies, it's great to receive all your messages. So chat with us during our live stream on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live or answer our community questions by commenting on our website, facebook.com forward slash priority one, or via Twitter at STO Priority One. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters that make this show possible from week to week. Because of their support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing through those EPS conduits, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page. One last thing, folks. We're looking for some talent to add to the Priority One podcast team. Maybe you're a graphic artist that dabbles in cartooning. We'd love to have you on board. Into audio editing? We could never have enough team members to help edit the show from week to week. So email us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or find the full list of volunteer positions by clicking on the red shirt Uncle Sam on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now let's take a look at Star Trek Starship history. Jordan, I don't know. Then let's trek it out. 
This week, we're trekking out a bit of Star Trek film history. Back in 2006, CBS auctioned off a bunch of old Star Trek memorabilia through Christie's. One of the biggest items was the original model of the USS Enterprise from Star Trek The Motion Picture, which went for an impressive $240,000. Sadly for Trek fans everywhere, it went to a private buyer and has effectively disappeared from the public eye. Now, three of the model's artists have come together with an ambitious plan to rebuild the Enterprise, bigger and better than the original. They want to bring it back for the fans and take it all over the world so we can have a chance to experience it up close. Back in 1978, the original Enterprise model took about 14 months to produce and cost $150,000, which is about half a million in today's money. It was high-tech compared to previous models made from lightweight plastic instead of fiberglass and an arc-welded aluminum skeleton for stability. The model would go on to be used in all six Star Trek films. Although you clever Trekkies will already know it had been rebranded as the Enterprise A halfway through. So, fast forward 36 years, and Paul Olsen, who airbrushed the pearlescent surface detail on the model, is spearheading the effort to rebuild the Enterprise in its former glory. He's roped in original designers Richard Taylor and Jim Dow to help in the effort, and together they're holding a public fundraising campaign to raise the money it will take to produce. They've already got support from Nichelle Nichols, who's volunteered to unveil the finished model in Hollywood. From there, it will go on to be displayed in Las Vegas and in various locations around the world. Sponsorship packages start at $15, which gets you a Project Enterprise Charter Member Certificate and the ebook called Creating the Enterprise, as well as access to exclusive team interviews and photos. There are several other options as well, which could get you anything from a mission patch to VIP access to any venue where the new model will be displayed forever. That could be an enticing offer for any serious convention goers where VIP tickets can run into the thousands just for a weekend. Now there's no clear goal of how much they're trying to raise, but they've said that any funds raised above the cost of the project will be going towards a scholarship fund for aspiring model makers to attend the prestigious Art Center in Pasadena. Sponsorship money is being raised directly for this project, so not through Kickstarter. If you are interested in donating, we'll leave a link to Project Enterprise on the webpage for this episode, PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO223. We wish Paul Olson and his team the best of luck raising their goal, and hopefully we'll get to see the Enterprise back in action soon. And don't forget, there's also a project on at the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, where they're restoring the Enterprise model from the original series TV show. We'll leave a link to that as well on our website so you can find out more about the ongoing effort. And just a last quick one to trek out today, you may have heard about this building in China that's shaped like a starship. Well, it's the headquarters of a company called NetDragon Websoft, which, by the way, is the best name ever for a gaming and mobile internet company. This building took six years and $160 million to build. The chairman of the company is apparently a huge Trekkie, and he even licensed the rights from CBS to be able to build the thing. John Van Sitters, VP of Product Development at CBS Consumer Products, confirmed as much in a tweet on Wednesday. It's the only official licensed Star Trek building in the world. Now, if you look at the pics, I'm not convinced it's really meant to be the Enterprise, as some of the headlines read. I think it looks more like maybe Voyager? A lot of commenters agree with me, but Al Captain Gecko Rivera tweeted that it's a Chimera class, so cue the geek wars over which ship it was meant to be.
Have you guys seen it? I did see that. It does look more like either the Voyager or Chimera than any of the Enterprises that we know, but couldn't tell you. Maybe it's a flat Nova class. Yeah, it's definitely not a Constitution class. So have you discovered something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? A new advancement in science or tech that you would like us to cover? Then send it over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let's find out what happened this week on Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. In a recent devlog, executive producer Steve Ricosa says that the release of the new feature episode, House of Pech, will be delayed one week from the 21st to the 28th of May due to a critical technical issue to which the fixes for could not make it into this Thursday's patch. The dev blog that would normally accompany the release of the feature episode is also being delayed. He also mentioned that there will be a slight change to the reward structure. Wait, wait, it's not a nerf. No, no, really, it's not a nerf this time. In addition to the normal main rewards, Usually it's been a three-piece set that's been spread out over three weeks, one reward per week. Players will now be able to choose between either an enhanced universal tech upgrade or one specialization point. This can only be claimed once per seven days. Choosing the spec point as a reward will award a box containing the spec point that cannot be opened by players below level 50. No word yet on what the main rewards will be. So. Can we talk about whether there's a flaw in making people play these featured episodes three times? Because, I mean, okay, I like the change to rewards and I will play it to get them, but from an immersion point of view, I don't want to have to play the same story episode over and over again. It makes the whole thing feel like a game rather than an experience, and that's not why I play Star Trek Online. Sure. Uh, I would say two things to that. One is that there's a lot of missions that have multiple rewards, so if you wanted all the rewards, you would have to play them three times anyway. I mean, there's numerous sets that you can get that way, or just various items you can get, like you can get some of the Breen items, or you can get the tubers that you can feed to triples. On the other side, these are account-bound rewards, so you can just do them on different characters if you have them, but of course not everybody does, so that wouldn't really be an answer for everyone. That's true. I believe the... um... The Solonay set is one of those, um, Mm -hmm. Step Between Stars. I I can't remember which specific mission that is. Either that one or Sphere of Influence also gives an anti-proton beam array. So on one of my alts, I played that mission like nine times or definitely more than three. I think that's fine because I would consider those kind of things kind of optional. But when you're talking about a featured episode, like going back to the fifth anniversary episode with Harry Kim and all that, I mean, I... Mm -hmm. I hated that episode. That's the subject for another podcast. Um, Those platforms at the end, I've never sworn so much in my life. But anyway, um, I really felt obligated to play that one three times, which uh, normally I would have probably just gone not that bothered. But in that case, you had to play it to get the Kobali space set, which I needed for my brand new Kobali cruiser, which I just ground through the event for. So I felt really like I had to play it. So, you know, if it was a normal story episode, maybe I wouldn't mind so much, but being a featured episode, I, I really think it sort of, it just breaks that immersion for me and I start to resent it after a while. What's, what's the 
main problem that you have to repeat it three times, or do you have to repeat it three times over the span of three weeks? No, it's the it's the fact that um, one of the main reasons that I play Star Trek Online is for the immersion factor. I mean, I don't do any roleplay events, but you know, I like to believe that it's sort of my captain, that it's kind of me out there. I mean, okay whatever but um you know i don't mind doing things like pve cues over and over again because i kind of feel those are the types of things that if you were a captain in the middle of a war these are kind of skirmishes and incursions that you'd have to sort of do on a regular basis but when it comes to story missions where you've got you got character development and plot progression a uh, lot of dialogue um doing those over again to me feels it feels like a game rather than the actual the being immersed in the story, and that I don't like. I think that takes something away from Star Trek Online for me. You know, you're supposed to be the happy one, and I'm supposed to be the critical one. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> no, she's she. <laughs> I'll try. Hold on, my immersion. My immersion. <laughs> well, I think it's it's really this is something that they've been doing to a lot of things, um, like the time spent, whether you spend time on something to finish it off in one day or whether you spread it out over three weeks it's the same amount of time but for the devs it seems that they prefer you spread that time out instead of doing it all at once and they've been gently guiding us towards that yeah i commented uh, on reddit actually about this and for once got some upvotes <laughs> surprisingly just that it's not really about metrics right it's about what tony hunter used to call cheeks and seats if you play three different times over three different weeks, you're more likely to do other things in the game and engage with it more than if you say, all right, I'm going to sit down and power through dust to dust three times. Boom, I'm done. I'm out yeah. until the next event. Although you can't actually do that. It's like dust to dust. If you do an episode, you have to wait half an hour before you right, can replay right. it. So even if you want to power through it, there is ha there's that half an hour between each replay that you have to be doing something else. I don't. I just feel as though they they need to make it different, or I just don't like doing exactly the same thing three times. Especially if you get unlucky, and and you know, for me, dust to dust, I I disliked it so much that playing it three times, I really didn't like it. But then I feel like I had to because then I otherwise I couldn't complete my Kobali cruiser that I'd worked so hard for. So it was really. Um, disappointing. Um, there's one thing I have noticed though with these missions that you have to play multiple times for the rewards, the, the more recent ones, there has been a difficulty level. So there's like the easy, medium, and hard levels in there. Which is fine, I think, most of the time, but I, I had to play, I only ever played that one on easy because of those stupid platforms. If I'd done it any harder than that, it just <laughs> it would have been even worse. Well, what would you prefer as an alternative? Because right now there's so many rewards spread across all the missions, they couldn't possibly reduce it to have each mission just have a single reward, so you would never need to replay any of them. Well, I think I'd prefer to have one really good something for the featured episode. I mean, I don't, I don't know what that might be, you know, I can't think of what it might be. But maybe uh, where we've got PvE queues on the side, Maybe those ones could be the ones that you replay three times or something like that. Just, it, I would, I just want to take it away from having to replay the story episode because it just feels fake. Maybe even an actual proper mission reward for the first couple of times you do a new PvE queue. That could be interesting. I don't know what the tech would be involved with that. 
Well, let's put it to the community. Here's our first community question for this week. How do you feel about time-gated rewards or rewards that require a replay of a story mission? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO223 or on this episode's Facebook post at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. With the R&D event this weekend, the R&D promotion pack that has a chance to award a Tier 6 Alachi Shishar Dreadnought Cruiser is back, this time but with a slight change. As before, the promotion pack will either award 10 Lobi Crystals or a small chance at a Tier 6 Alachi Shashar. The difference this time is that if the player wins the ship, they'll get a choice of the previous Intel variant or the new Command variant. The Command variant is identical to the Intel variant in every way except the Lieutenant Commander Science seat has changed professions from Intel to Command. The original Shashar is a unique equipped ship, so I don't know if it will be possible to have two different versions of this ship equipped, and I don't think I can personally afford to try. What's your take on that? I think the Intel is usually uh, preferable. Indeed, because on the Intel you can fit the override subsystem safety 3 on the uh, Lieutenant Commander seat. This week's patch notes were a little bit brief because of the loss of House of Pech until next week. However, we do have some interesting things. I noticed uh, already when I logged in today that they've resolved the issue where duty officer projects that were failed would just disappear. They'll now actually go into the completed category correctly so you can acknowledge them. Also, finally, male Remans got back from the gym. They got their chests and arms back. They were sometimes missing. Because of the end of the featured episode period for Blood of Agents and Delta Flight, they have been moved into the level 60 journal tab for the Iconian War and are now level gated to 60. There was a change to the Brotherhood of the Sword queue. The Syndicate operative for the optional objective will now start with full health when he first begins following the players for extraction. He was dying too often and causing people to fail his objective. You will need to still kill any heralds that target him to keep him alive, but it won't be quite as brutal as before. Also, in a move that's controversial to some, the information for this queue in Advanced and Elite now states that the crafting reward is Kralon Gas, which is what it's been rewarding. Some folks had hoped that it would get changed to Plekton, which is what the mission stated before, because until Elite versions of the rest of the STFs are released, we only have one mission that rewards elite Plekton packs, but instead it is actually going to be continuing to reward Kralon. Also, there were some additional fixes to traits and powers and so forth to try to combat the lag, and Jeremy Bordicus Randall followed up with a list of what these abilities are that have been updated and or fixed. He says if you see any issues with them because it shouldn't change the functioning of any of these, Please post in the bug reports subform, and we'll include a link to the list in our show notes. Okay, I'm just gonna talk briefly another small micro review this time uh, about the Iconian Resistance Reputation Space Straits, the Tier Two and the Tier Four ones. Energy Refrequencer, which is the Iconian Space Tier Two trait. This is an interesting trait that seems to confuse some people. I'll just go over it really quickly. So the tooltip is you receive 2.5% of your outgoing directed energy damage as hull healing, and this will trigger a max of 10 times per second to yourself. 
On paper, it seems like a fantastic survivability trait. In practice, it is fairly below average. It is a very low-level constant heal, as long as you're doing damage and not at full health. It's best to think of it as a addition to your normal passive hull healing that your ship has. In the long run, or I should say in a long run, this trait will outheal the Borg two-piece. However, this trait will not save you if you are taking a lot of damage at once. So this is no replacement for the Valdor, eh? Well, the Valdor is a shield heal. Right, right. And it's pretty powerful. So, no, it's if, you, if you're getting spiked or if you're getting hit with a lot of pressure damage, this trait is not going to do anything for you. So, we'll reserve judgment for a little bit later. Moving on to the second trait I want to talk about, the Radiant Detonation Matrix, the Iconian Space Tier 4. This is a very controversial trait, mostly for PvPers, but some PvEers also have some gripes about it. So I just got this one, I just reached tier 4. So directed energy damage weapons have a 2.5% chance to also deal area of effect radiation damage and remove buffs in an area around the target. From a PvP perspective, the buff removal of this trait is extremely overpowered. Or so the PvPers claim. According to my testing, the buff removal only procs once a minute. A PvP friend of mine told me that he's had it proc once every 45 seconds. So it looks like there is a 30 to 45 second lockout on this trait. A team of 5 people running this trait could theoretically keep you without any buffs permanently. However, a team of 5 science captains could do the exact same thing with subnucleonic beam. With all hands on deck, subnuke can be fired off every 45 seconds as well. There's also the subnucleonic carrier wave. Intel Boff ability, and the Protonic Barrage from the Dyson 3-piece set, both of which also remove buffs. I don't get why people are so up in arms over this one trait, but seem to be fine with all the others. So, from a PvE perspective, the damage from this ability is really weak. From my testing, it's doing less than half the damage of Chemocyte-laced Weaponry 1. The trait description states that the trait benefits from exotic damage However, the particle generator skill does not buff it at all. The only thing that buffs the damage seems to be items or traits that have a direct bonus to exotic damage, like the Constrictor Anchor Console and the other Tier 2 Iconian Space Rep trait, Particle Generator Amplifier. After a little bit more testing, I found out that anything that does buff radiation damage will also buff the damage of this trait. But off the top of my head, I can only think of a couple of things that buff radiation damage. So the devs have stated that they intend to nerf this ability so that it will only remove one buff at a time uh, and also reduce its damage. I find it a little bit problematic. I don't think it really needs to have its damage reduce anymore. So that brings us to our next community question. Do you PvP? If so, then what do you think? What are your opinions of the Iconian traits? Even if you don't PvP, let us know what you think of the traits and the potential changes. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced on the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the forums, DevTracker, and the Twitterverse. STO producer Maria Rosso, aka Zeronius Rex, tweeted an image of Salami Inferno at a whiteboard. Meeting about a potential new thing for hashtag STO, Salami Inferno seems to confuse the numbers 5 and 7, like King Arthur. So our Priority 1 CSI teams have zoomed and enhanced this image, and believe that it has something to do with sector space, possibly related to DOF missions, as the words, diplomacy mission, appear to be legible. 
In related news, Salami was wearing a shirt depicting the Millennium Falcon in a Game of Thrones mashup. It felt as though millions of voices on Twitter cried out at this breach of franchise and were silenced. Lead designer Al at Captain Gecko Rivera tweeted, Playing the next SDO featured episode, House of Peg, voiced by at Volobos, aka Grod. Here is a teaser. He included a YouTube video of part of the opening voiceover narration for the upcoming featured episode. No superpowered gorillas were in evidence, just Captain Kagran extorting us to take on the mission in the hopes of turning the tides of the Iconian War. Finally, Thomas the Cryptic Cat Moroni posted wallpapers and screenshots of the Zindi insectoid Olean carrier, the Clavec science pilot raptor, Pathfinder science vessel, and Jem'Hadar strike ship. Oh, and don't forget the Galaxy class, which is my personal favorite. <laughs> oh, that's right. Very good. Yeah, he was uh, really on a roll this week. Yeah. And lastly, before we wrap up Stowe News, here's some events to look forward to this coming week. Coming up this week, as we've already mentioned, the new featured episode House of Peg will be out on Thursday, May 28th. And a little bit further forward, the summer event is now slated to start on the 4th of June. That wraps up Star Trek Online news for this week. Let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. All right, Admirals, now we're at the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, what do you think you'll be getting from the summer buyback store? Bushwiki via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Cam and Jace should start a Build Factory type segment, helping new and returning players with builds from all the new and old gear. Maybe some Q&A. Just a thought. As for the Lolnanot pearls, I'm okay with it. I will gladly trade in my extra pearls for some tech upgrades and much-needed VR mats. The prices are very reasonable. Pearls were fun to collect and didn't take that long to get anyway. Not a bad idea. We should do some kind of segment like that. Star Chaser wrote via PriorityOnePodcast.com, Thank you, Priority One, for all of your work and the great shows you put out. I did not get that many Lolanop pearls during the summer event, but now I wished I did. The summer event ships didn't have my interest. Now I wish I'd gathered more pearls because the buyback rewards interest me far more than the ships. For future events, I would like to see these rewards remain as alternatives to buying a ship that I'm not going to use. It's a good point. That is a very good point. Broad Citizen commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com Thank you for your service, Elijah. Interesting show, and thank you for it. I appreciate and share Cam's perspective on retiring Lola Nut Pearls. I collected extra of that in every event currency, which meant that I ground every event from start to finish. Research points would be a welcome addition to the store, as I will not pay pearls for tech points. I agree with yeah. that. Sean Newboy via PriorityOnePodcast.com Love the episode, everyone. Welcome, Kenna. I got spec points for my main character with Lolanut Pearls. Personally, I like this change, although I don't think it will do what they want it to. Love the video and the explanation of the Iconian space gear. Joy A. McCaster wrote on Facebook, Ha 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 ha, what pearls, all of mine are still sitting in the event bars waiting for more to be added. I'm with you there, Joy, in the exact same boat. Yeah, but you should be able to finish those up, shouldn't you? Sure, but I'd love spec points. Oh, uh, yeah. But I'll be happy with the ship. Um, I would be worried if those pearls might disappear by the end of the event. Yeah, you have to complete it this time. Yeah, but you can do it with... 
you know, any pearls you happen to have sitting around, or else you can also get the new currency and add them to your existing project. So they hopefully won't go to waste. Logan Omega commented via Facebook, Nothing this time, but if this is also done for the winter event, then I'll be getting a little bit of everything. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One or shoot us an email at incoming at priority one podcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 223 of Priority One Podcast, brought to you by all our Patreon supporters. We thank the awesome patrons and the rest of the team of listeners that support us each month on patreon.com forward slash priority one. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catcher to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. This summer, Priority One Productions is launching a new show designed to add commentary to actual episodes of Star Trek. Watch episodes of your favorite series with familiar hosts and special guests as they offer colorful commentary on the episode. Keep an eye on PriorityOnePodcast.com for more information. Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community questions in the comment section on our site, on our Facebook page, or with a Twitter reply. This week's community questions were, let us know what you think about the time-gated rewards for featured episodes. Do you PvP? If so, then what are your opinions about the Iconian traits? And even if you don't PvP, let us know what you think. Let us know in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO223. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcasts and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at priority one You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join priority one admirals we want to thank you for your ongoing support of priority one podcast thanks to our patrons we've already hit our monthly running costs and it's time to start thinking about vegas don't forget even if you can't offer financial support sharing our show with your friends is another great way to show us your support and don't forget to tune in to priority one productions guard frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you are interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your at handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com And now, you can join our Klingon fleet division. Warriors of Priority One, today is a good day to join. A big thanks to our guest hosts this week, Kenna and Sarcasm Detector. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years, including our audio engineer, Ben Churchill, with audio assistant, Admiral Winters, and QA support staffer, Midnight Shadow 7. You can catch Midnight Shadow's other productions at hollowsweetmedia.com. A big shout out to Airborne, one of the Priority One Fleet Admirals, for managing the live stream during the live recording. Thanks to our graphic artist, Romulan Ale. 
to all our bloggers and their managing editor, L, to the writer of our prelude dramas and foundry reviewer, Jake Morgan, to our video editor, Jerry Tillman, to Chris Trone, our social media manager. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community and our listeners. Without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. As always, before we wrap things up, we open up hailing frequencies. Jeez, cookie! Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers. God, why can't I do it, cookie? Cookie! As before, the promotion pack will either award 10 low buy crystals or a small chance at a tier 6 Alashi. I can't say that bloody thing. Sorry. Um, <laughs> As before, the promotion pack will either award 10 low buy crystals or a small chance at a tier 6 Alachi Sheshar. The difference this. Oh god, that's really thrown me. On paper, it seems like a fantastic survivability trait. Blah, 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 survivability. You're lagging. Oh no, he's lagging. He's lagging. Rubber banding. <laughs> Again this week. <laughs> <laughs> so brutal. Oh dear. Finally, Thomas the Cryptic Cat Maroni. Oh, Maroni? Maroni. Maroni. <laughs> Thank you, Elijah. <laughs> da 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 da. <laughs>